Hello and welcome to the Day in Sports podcast. I'm Ben Sherman and on today's podcast we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. BCS standings, big college football games coming up here this weekend as we look at conference championships, top five quarterbacks in the NFL, power seven rankings, Steve Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian, it's a weird name, all that stuff coming up on the podcast. Welcome into the podcast. Feels like it's been forever. It does, doesn't it? TDIS underscore Humblebreg on Twitter. Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman. The Day in Sports on Facebook. Our Facebook is just like... Blowing up the spot. It's, a, it's becoming a... It has a life of its own. It's a hub. Yeah. Where you can... All the coolest people hang out. Order Arby's. And you can't do that, but you can state your opinion on... Almost anything. Post. Yeah, or anything. We don't care. Yeah, just say stuff. Doesn't even have to be sports related. TheDayInSports.com. The Day in Sports on Facebook. College football. Yeah. War Eagle. That was probably, I, I I think that was the best, like, one, two games, two games in a row, I think, that Michigan and Ohio and then Auburn and Alabama, two games in a row that I've ever seen. Especially ever. given the stakes. Yeah. The end of the Michigan game, the Brady Hope goes for two, which I agreed with. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not as good a team, and you've got one chance, one play to win the game versus playing it out in overtime. Over. Only been hucking the ball all over the field. Too. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think, you know. If you go to overtime, it's probably going to be 30 plays that determine the game instead of one. Mm-hmm. If you're not as good, I'd rather take my shot with one play. And then the maybe the best college football play of our lifetime yeah. in the Alabama. I mean, to derail the three-peat. The stakes couldn't be bigger. The play couldn't have been bigger and more unlikely. Um, but just considering, like I said, the stakes, you know, the S- going to the SEC title game likely... Uh, I mean, just huge BCS implications yeah. and to make that play in that situation. I've never seen anything like it. You know what kind of surprised me was that Nick Saban tried that, I guess. I, I mean, watching... The field goal? May, yeah, maybe maybe he knows more about his kicker than I do, probably. But it, it, that didn't seem anywhere close. But I would say a 57-yard field goal, percentage-wise, no matter who's kicking it, is better than a Hail Mary. Yeah. And they get one second back on the clock, you're not probably thinking... We're going to lose to Auburn on a 109 yard field goal return. I mean, right. I guess, you know, remind the guys, but. Did they look like they were prepared? No, they didn't. Like, that that was even no, a possibility. No, and you would think, you know, given that it was a 57 yard field goal, he'd at least mention that. But even so, the guy's got to run 109 yards. Well, and I think he probably figured his kicker, if he misses it, it's It'll, not going to land. It might be long bound. enough. Yeah, yeah, just wide. So. That was pretty short, though, for 57 yarder. But I mean, he kicked it. It was a hundred nine yard return, so he missed the goalpost by a yard. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he got. I mean, he got it fifty six yards, fifty five yards. I mean, it was it was there. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Uh, I was I was excited. I really enjoyed like watching all the like videotaped reactions of Auburn fans. Yeah. that was awesome. I heard a reporter call it the the moment that America's draw collectively dropped, and I thought that was perfect because everyone in unison. I was rocking my son who was screaming "Happy Thanksgiving" to me. I didn't even get any pie. Um, but I didn't, I'm still mad. Um, but he was screaming. So I was like, we had the, we were at my parents' house and we were in the laundry room with the dryer on for white noise. I'm rocking him and I hear everyone start screaming. So I saw the replay of the play, but nevertheless, yeah, big weekend coming up. Florida state plays Duke. Who's yep. 
20th, but a 29-point underdog. Michigan State, Ohio State, that's going to be a big one. Missouri versus Auburn, 5 versus 3. Um, and these are the matchups that will essentially determine our, our championship participants. I'm excited. Who, right now, would you put in the national title game? You've got undefeated Ohio State. Obviously, I think people are saying Florida State for sure. We yeah. can agree on that. Yeah. Just body of work, how good they've been, how dominant. Ohio State, or would you take uh, Auburn right now? I think right now you'd have to give it to Ohio just based on the fact that they haven't lost. I mean, you can't. What's there to criticize? Yeah, I they, knew you would go there. There might be close games, but it's winning is winning. You know, and 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 not that. I think Auburn. What was Auburn's one loss? LSU. Um, Auburn's one loss was, yeah, by 14 to LSU. And that's not a, that's a kind of a bad beat for them, I think. Okay. You know, if it, if it had been like, if, if it had been different circumstances and they had lost to maybe, you know, Missouri or, I don't know, a, a team that... LSU's a good team. Yeah. But Almost, be, you know, was with Alabama into the fourth quarter yeah. and then fell apart. Um, let me just say this for context. Okay. First of all, Brad Edwards, kind of the BCS expert for, for ESPN, says if Auburn and Ohio State win, the Buckeyes will get in. Yeah. Auburn's too far back in the computers right now, so even with a nice win over Missouri, if Ohio State beats Michigan State, which would be their biggest win of the year, yep. their best win of the year, Ohio State gets in. So really it's moot if Ohio State wins. Mm-hmm. Here's my point about the SEC. Right. If Ohio State loses, I, I would go with Auburn. Just as well, a side yeah, game. yeah, yeah, yeah. If they beat Missouri. Yeah. And then they don't, then Missouri wins, and well, then we've got chaos. But the SEC is so much better than the Big Ten that I think one loss versus going undefeated, to me, I, I, I have to still lay out the resumes and look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard this on Colin, Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. 63 players were drafted last year out of the SEC into the NFL, 22 from the Big Ten. It's actually more than I thought it would be. But, I mean, that's a 3-to-1 ratio of NFL guys on the field yeah. that you're playing week in and week out. Then... Um, my, my other thought was Ohio State is better than last year's Notre Dame team member that went undefeated, but we all kind of were sitting there saying they're going to get rolled. They kind of eked it out against like Stanford and like Connecticut. I don't even remember, but we all put them there and we said we have to put them there because, you know, going undefeated has to mean something. It has to, yeah. But when they got there, they weren't undefeated anymore and they lost by 35. Right. So they didn't end the year undefeated. So I, all I'm saying is, is let's compare the resumes. Right. Um, this is Ohio State's out of conference. Their best win in in the whole season so far is number twenty one ranked Wisconsin. Right. Out of conference. Which they is a good win. I mean, that's a good win for them. Not if it's your best win, though. I don't think that's a that's yeah. a good best win. They beat Buffalo, Florida A and M, Cal, and San Diego State out of conference. Can you fault them? I mean, it's not like they make their own schedule, though. No, I'm not faulting them for choosing that as a schedule because right. as as it's going to show the BCS if they win. They get in. Right. So it's smart to schedule that way. Yeah. But I, if I'm laying resumes out, I don't think it's as impressive as, let's say, Missouri's only loss was to South Carolina in double overtime without their starting quarterback. Yeah. And then they went through the rest of the OC, uh, SEC undefeated. Mm-hmm. One at Old Miss, beat Johnny Football. They have a chance to beat Auburn. Um, and then Auburn beat the team. They beat Alabama uh, on the biggest stage that you could could win. They they won at Texas A and M. They beat Georgia. They beat Old Miss, and now have a chance to beat Missouri. I would take the SEC champ over Ohio State. I think this is like we're kind of seeing exactly why a playoff system needed to be put in place because it's just you know even if you have you play the best teams in the Big Ten and you beat them all, 
you're not playing SEC teams. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like if 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 yeah, I mean you're right. Winning something should mean yeah, something. Yeah, and it's like well, winning all the games. What else can they, What else can these kids do? It's like we win all our games and we and we don't get a, a chance to play for a two national championship two years in a row. Uh, um, that said, I think I think the four. It's going to be four teams, right? Fourteen playoff. Yeah, fourteen playoff. And Missouri's five right now, and they have got maybe the best resume of anyone. Saying we've lost once without our star quarterback right. in double OT. I think they should. I mean, I I thought the fourteen playoff was kind of a a joke a little bit because it's, I mean... It's like a half measure, I yeah. think. Yeah. Six would be ideal. Yeah, you could have two teams have a bye. Yeah. Six or eight, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, that I, I really do think that that's why they have to do that because otherwise someone's getting left out that shouldn't be left out. Um, Missouri, arguably, if they beat Auburn, and, and shouldn't and, be left out. And Ohio shouldn't be left out if they go undefeated, even if it's against weaker opponents. Because what we're left to do with Ohio State is, and they handled plenty of Big Ten teams by 62 nothing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, they had some close games that they shouldn't, but what we're left doing is basically saying, okay, if you put Ohio State in Missouri's shoes or Auburn's shoes, what does their record come out to be if they play at Ole Miss, home against Georgia, and then at Auburn? We don't know. And right. so it is, you know, we can criticize the Big Ten, but Ohio State's clearly the cream of the Big Ten crop, so yeah. maybe they are just as good, and they and they didn't lose. So, I mean, it's, it's inherently subjective. And then I think it's funny that Alabama gets left out of the conversation because they lost one game and on a free, a, and on a freak, a freak play, play yeah. to the number now what three team in the country. Uh-huh. Uh, they're non conference. They crushed Virginia Tech by twenty five. They won at Texas A and M. They beat Ole Miss twenty one to nothing, and they beat LSU by twenty one. Their average margin of victory was thirty eight to eleven. They're probably the best team. They are, but, but they lost last. You know, they what, how do I say it? Lost last. Yeah. And so it's like, eh, no. What have you done for me lately? Yeah, they're they're totally out of it. So I went through and I ranked just resume. I put FSU number one, Alabama two, whoever wins the SEC three, and Ohio State four. Yeah, I, I think we're I really being, bad. If we're do, if we're really just talking about quality of the football team, nothing else, not who deserves to be there. Yeah, um, that's probably the way it should be. But I don't think you can have a team that what is it now? 20-something games in a row? Yeah, I mean, what did they go? They didn't have a bowl game last year. They haven't lost under Urban Meyer, I think they're 25-26-0. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just on that alone, I think they deserve at least a shot. If they get if they get railroaded or kind of just blown out in the national championship game, then we could probably step back and, yeah. and look at it. But how many times do we have to see that happen? You know, Notre Dame did it to and, us. And, and, and Notre Dame, Ohio State sure. before when they were undefeated and then, and then lost to that Florida team like 42-14 to 14, the last time they were in the national title. I always feel like Notre Dame doesn't have to play anybody. It's like they play Army and Navy or but something. But they played, you know, Stanford, USC yeah, last yeah. year. More, I mean, more quality wins than Ohio State has this year for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a flawed system. The whole thing is it's, it's out of control. Well, we've got a 14 playoff next year, so then we can argue about who's number five. Yeah. But, and why they should be in. But that'll be better than arguing over who's number one. Steve Sarkeesian from Washington to USC, Orgeron insulted, resigns, yeah. was offered a $1 million sweetheart deal to be like recruiting assistant guy. Said no. What do you think of the move Sarkeesian to USC? I don't like it for like a lot of reasons. Okay. I think the timing was poor. I mean, I know you got to... Keep your eyes on the prize if you're the athletic director over at USC and you really got to be thinking about what's best for the team and the future of the team and all this stuff. Yeah, Pat Hayden. Um, it kind of makes USC look bad because this guy that 
inspired these players and really got them to perform at the top of their ability ends up out on his ass because, you know, he's not the guy they have. I mean, have. he could have had a million dollars just to be there and be assisted. I mean, it wasn't but like it's, not, it's that, homelessness or USC. No, but, but it's not. That's, I think, you know, what better, what better ex- or body of work can you put together to make yourself a candidate for a head coaching well, job if that's not six it? and two. Yeah. They've got talent all over the roster, so it's mm-hmm. not like he was cooking with nothing there. Yeah. They lose to their rival UCLA. He probably figures he can parlay it into a head coaching job somewhere. Maybe somewhere. Yeah. But and would, I'm sure he can. Would you know, outside of an eight game streak where you go six and two, which is better than what you were under Lane Kiffin, but still right. underachieving there. Some you, good wins. Stanford. Yeah. They beat they beat a good Stanford team. But I mean, preseason you're projected to maybe win that game anyway. I yeah. Talent wise, you should be competing in those well, games. It's easier to recruit, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe Orgeron, you know. I mean, he's not going to be a, a candidate for anything unless he gets thrust into this position. He does pretty good in the interim. Mm-hmm. But do you want to make a five-year decision based on eight games? You know, I, I guess the way I looked at it was you owe him, I mean, more than just an assistant job with a fat paycheck. That was just the way I looked at it. But you can't you can't sign your program over no, to somebody but I mean, you don't have to do You don't have to give him a big deal. I mean, give him a couple years, at least give him... Give him at least a little bit more time to try and build a program of his own and see if it really... Because clearly he can motivate players as well as anyone in the Pac-12. But if Pat Hayden, who's closer to it than us, doesn't think he's the guy, yeah. I don't think there's a moral or obligation to just say, well, you know, he won eight games for us. I'm going to give him two years with well, the keys the, to the Ferrari. At the very least, if you're not going to make him the head coach... They made him a nice offer I think to you, stay. I think you owe him... Waiting until after a bowl game that I can to, see. to announce a, a big decision like that, bringing in another, bringing another Pac-12 coach, a former SC assistant, assistant. Right? Yeah, he was there during some of the Pete Carroll days, actually the height of the Pete Carroll days. Yeah, um, I, I just, you know, it's it's kind of a slap in the face, right? As it is, I mean, know, Ed resigned. There was a reason, you yeah. know, he loves USC, but but also there was a reason, you know, Ed took over uh, what was it, Ole Miss in the SEC or Mississippi State and didn't win a conference game for like two years. I mean, he wasn't yeah. good as a head man. Sarkeesian comes into a Washington program that was literally like 0-11 when he got there, losing to non-conference directional schools. Yeah. And they have a chance to win nine games in a bowl game now in, what, three, four years? Mm-hmm. Um, he's recruiting the same conference. He's been, you know, he's an offensive innovator. He's, you know, I think he's an NFL mind as a coach, whereas Orgeron's kind of someone that, People like he recruits well, but I don't know if he pilots a big time program as well as a guy like Sarkeesian. You know, um, as far as Sarkeesian goes, I think he's he's done a great job at Washington. I, I think. I mean, it, from literally if, nothing to a top twenty program. If it were me, though, I, I think I would want at least to have some kind of closure in Washington. Um, if you were Sarkeesian, yeah, give it, give it, yeah. I mean, and next year jumping, was there was supposed to be their yeah, big year. That's what I mean. I mean, and really, if it fails now, if he goes to USC and it doesn't work out, um, he's going to be a pariah in the Pac-12. Here's the thing, though: you only get offered your dream job probably once. Is you think that's his dream job? Yeah, I mean, he started at USC. Just the way that you can recruit there, mm-hmm. it's like Texas. They're down right now, but if you go there and you get the right coach, it's the number one or two job in the country. Yeah. Um. So to go from Washington, where you're building something, to go home to USC, where it's already built, 
you know, I, I can't blame the guy, and I think they got the, the right guy to drive the vehicle, the, the, the smarter guy in the room than, than Orgeron, and a guy that's going to be innovative with the way that offenses are, uh, especially out west but in college football today, because USC under Kiffin especially did like this I formation play action stuff where yeah. everyone else is read option, spreading it out. I think Sarkeesian is just a, a better fit for the future. You know, one, I guess the thing that sat wrong with me on both sides was the timing of it was just awful. The, um, the only thing I would say about that, I agree with you, it doesn't, everyone looks bad. Yeah. And I don't, I can't imagine Hayden wants to embarrass Orgeron, but maybe he feels like if he waits, he won't get Sarkeesian, you know, or, I, I mean, that's that's the only thing I can I, think of. I can't think of any other big name schools that are going to be looking for a head coach in the offseason. Interestingly enough, I guess UCLA now, Jim Mora is rumored to go to Washington. To replace really Sarkeesian, I, it seems like a bit of a lateral move to me. UCLA and Washington are both yeah not great but good programs. Yeah, secondary. Yeah, but there, there's there's going to be jobs open, I would assume. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's there's nothing I can think of. You got to figure if they wait till. I mean, the, I don't know the rules. I guess, but if you call the guy and and tell him that he's at the top of a short list of candidates. Um, that you'd like to have come in and do the job, and it's something that you want to revisit immediately after the season's over, I don't imagine that he's going to go, well, UCLA says they want me now, so I'll go there instead. Especially if he, if, if USC really is his dream job. Um, and bailing on a program that you should have some kind of sense of ownership over kind of sat wrong with me, because, he, like you said, he built it from almost nothing. nothing and yeah. it's like, well, got the job I wanted, so see you guys later. I always have trouble though with the with the loyalty in sports thing. Yeah. Because I think the fan wants it to be loyal. Right. But it's the, a business. But the coaches left there holding his jock if they decide to fire him. Right. And he's saying, you know, let's say he gets to Washington, goes two and eleven, then five and seven. He feels like he's on the come, mm -hmm. and they can him for you know some sparkly you know new candidate, and he never gets you know Sarkeesian never gets to build Washington. No one feels bad for him, but if but if he leaves for a superior job. Everyone said, wow, he should have had loyalty to the program. Who could have just as easily fired him? Right. I think we asked too much from the individual, and I think, in, in those circumstances. I guess that's just the way I, I, easy for me to say with all the multi-million dollar coaching contracts being thrown my way. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's just the way I look. I just, because really he has improved the, the viewership and the, and the fan base. New facilities out there yeah, too. Yeah, and it's, now. A, I mean, that's, that's a not a bad job. No. I'd say in, cool in, place to live too. In the Pac 12, I mean, you know, that's a top three or four place to recruit to. I mean, yeah. come to Seattle. Yeah. Anyone who's ever been to Seattle will, will tell you, not a bad place to hang out. It's not a, not, not far to fly to LA and recruit no. and things like that. It's not the same as being in the city. Right. USC. But, um, well. Yeah. We'll, we'll get more on that later, maybe in, in further podcasts, and we'll see how the Sarkeesian saga goes. I really hope we see, like, Ed Orgeron with, like, a hobo sign at a freeway entrance. Outside. Like, <laughs> we'll coach for food. Outside of the, outside of the Trojan Stadium. Yeah. Just hanging out. Probably be a hot dog vendor now. Conspiracy theory, just like Mel Gibson. Let's take a break.
Welcome back into the podcast, TDIS underscore Humblebrag, Adam Hawking, Ben Sherman, ready to dissect some QBs, top five. Slice and dice. Yes. Top five in the league right now. I kind of took it as like, who would you want going forward into the, the playoff race? Mm-hmm. Um, let me give you my five. I cheated. I looked at your list. That's all right. You already had your list. I know, I but I, I'm, I'm already surprised. Okay. Number one, Tom Brady I'm going with. Wow. I've been kind of downplaying the Patriots all year, but that's not because of Tom Brady. Yeah. They're nine and three, which is one of the best records on the, in the league. Mm-hmm. And relative to the teams they're up there with, Kansas City, Denver, Carolina, Seattle, New Orleans, uh, San Francisco, the, the Patriots have the least talent. Yeah. Uh, of any of those teams. They're, they're nothing on defense. They're 31st against the run, 10th against the pass. They just got Gronk back. Julian um, Edelman uh, caught his 70th pass of the season. That's a big number for him. Yeah, but I mean, if, if that's your guy that you're going to 70 times, I mean, it's, that's not Demarius Thomas out there that you're getting a bunch of touches to. I mean, just the Patriots don't have what I think the other teams do. But, but Tom Brady, 10 touchdowns, 2 picks in the last 4. He's got a bigger arm than Peyton. Uh, Manning, which is a big thing to me going down the stretch in the cold weather. You gotta be able to kind of zip it and get it outside the numbers. Um, and like I said, nine and three with a bad supporting cast. I'll take Tom Brady. Yeah. Thoughts on number one? Uh, do you want me to give you mine or should we just do your whole well, list? I'll go down my whole oh, yeah. list and then I'll let I, you, you know, and then we'll let... I'm always a Tom guy. He's in my, he's in my list. He's in there somewhere. Um, sometimes it's, I, I don't know. If he doesn't have a great pocket to throw from, he is a mess. Yeah, that's true. Um, he's he's got to get protection. The slowest human in football. He's proven time and time again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I really like what he does, but he's not quite as... I guess you make that argument about Peyton, too, but I think he's yeah. a little... He's even less mobile than Peyton. That might be true. It's both... It's ugly when oh, you watch man. even, like, Peyton try to get out a stretch play and hand it off, or, like, Pey- or Tom on a, on a play action. Just it looks wa- like he's hobbling. Watching him run, it literally looks like he's in quicksand the entire time because yeah. he's got these long legs. It's like running when you're in your dreams and you can't go fast. Yeah. That's Tom Brady all the time. As a professional athlete, I don't know how he doesn't like jump on a bike or do some squats or something and beef up those legs. Those things are just toothpicks. They've said it. <laughs> he was like the worst athlete they've had at the Combine. He's like, it is, I love how they always show that shirtless picture of yeah. him where he's just really like skinny and out of shape yeah. and it's like ugh. It just looks horrible. It looks like, looks like a sickly patient. Magic man. The English man. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> number two, Russell Wilson. I like it. Um, especially it's sort of in the in the uh, opposite vein of Brady. Very athletic, mm-hmm. um, but moves to pass mostly and then runs only when it's open and he's really efficient at running the ball. And this time of year, you have to be able to move the chains. Bottom line, I think he's as poised to do that as anyone. And then if you look at you know what do you need to be a quarterback? He's you know a if you're looking at a 9 out of 10, 9 out of, you know, maybe a 9 in terms of arm strength or an 8, yeah. you know, on the grading scale. Yeah, I'd give him a, an 8.5 or a um, I mean, he zips that ball, and it's a tight spiral, which I think is, it sounds simple, mm-hmm. but that's kind of underrated. You see Peyton's ball just kind of wobbles this time of year, and yeah. it gets caught in the elements. And mm-hmm. um, one, one thing I do, uh, as far as, like, his arm goes, the thing that he has that's a disadvantage is... Release point, obviously. Russell? Yeah, he's got to put different angles on the ball. He and... finds ways, though. I mean, yeah. I think he moves, which is probably why he's number two. He has to move to find throwing lanes, but he's got an A in terms of pocket awareness, accuracy. He's so poised. I mm-hmm. think he might be more poised than Andrew Luck yeah. for a young quarterback. I guess he. I guess he's uh, basically just prepares 12 hours a day, all day, every day. 
Dude, that's what he seems like. Yeah. 22 and 6 as a starter, 13 and 0 at home. This year he's got a 108.5 rating, only behind Peyton Manning and Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. Third in yards per attempt, so you can't really do the game manager thing with him anymore. 22 touchdowns, 6 picks. Yeah. Well, I, you can't argue. I mean, the guy is probably one of the biggest. I mean, he was clearly underrated coming out of college. Yeah, way underrated. And literally one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I might, yeah, I, I mean, if we're doing the whole, I know we've been on Andrew Luck as a, who would you start your team with? I yeah. might take Wilson over him right now, but that, I don't want to get too far down that right. Let me oh, give you number three. Yeah, Russell's got a lot of stuff to work with, too. Cam Newton I'm taking. You're doing it. Cannon for an arm, just like Jay Buhner. Um, he's got the confidence right now, the mobility, he's making the right decisions. Again, tight spiral, just a guy that I think at this time of year can carry his team a little bit because he's got all the physical tools. Right. Um, fourth, I'll take Peyton Manning. I understand he's the MVP, he's playing better than anyone, but we're 12 games in, and we've got four games plus the playoffs. It's going to get colder. We see it every year. I'm mm-hmm. just waiting on it. I don't I don't want Peyton number one down the stretch, and then I put Drew Brees number five kind of for the same reason, not a super strong arm, um, and kind of needs to be at home during the playoffs. So yeah. those are my five. Brady, Wilson, Newton, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. I took a little bit of a different approach, just a daring approach. Strictly... Um, Kind of a, a numbers, Never mostly n- numbers forward, and also just winning. Sexiness. Winning, winningness. How much did sexual attraction play in these uh, rankings? The size and shape of the phallus was important yep. in my ranking. Always is. Uh, I got Peyton first, just because... Sell me on Peyton Manning in the playoffs. Nobody can diagnose a defense better than Peyton Manning. Um, True. Nobody's going to call a play at the line of scrimmage. True. Better than he does. And I think um, the cold weather thing, we saw him kind of shake the cobwebs off a little bit this last week in Kansas City on what a brisk day and find the open man in Decker, clearly. Um, that was he had a day. Yeah, he did. And, I mean, really very nice catches on Decker's part, but also you saw some maybe not the best deep ball, obviously, in football, but... That middle range kind of, you know, 40-yard rainbow pass is as good as anybody in the league. And you got the touch. You don't really need, I mean, you don't need to throw a 60-, 70-yard bomb to win a Super Bowl. But I don't think those are the throws that Peyton struggles with. I think it's the 20-yard out to the corner. The, just know, muscle them out there. It's, it's third and 15, and you've got to put zip on it, mm-hmm. but it's got to be a deep out as well. Mm-hmm. I basically My list was basically, how do you beat Seattle? Which quarterback can beat Seattle? Because it's the NFC is now going through Seattle. Yeah. Um, Unless they just take a dump, but I don't see that happening. They, I mean, they almost would. I mean, they have San Francisco, but even if they lose that game, they've got two, you know, they've got Arizona and St. Louis down the stretch. They'll win those games. So, can, I, can Peyton Manning... In, in MetLife Stadium, right. when it's 10 below mm-hmm. and windy, could he beat Seattle? I don't think it's possible. I can't see it happening. It, I, he gives them a chance. They don't get blown out. That's one thing about Denver, too. Kind of like I said about the Patriots early in the year. They're not, even if they dig themselves big holes at the end of the game, they're right there. They're not, they're not gonna, you know, be sitting on the sideline down by 21 points in the fourth quarter. At least not as of yet. No, but Peyton is. I'm just saying he's a different animal I, in the playoffs. I think that I think that they've got two New England could be tough too if he's got to do that. You know, I I think he can do it. It's, it depends on. I mean, the thing really outside of Seattle, I guess. Really, the NFC is 
It's all defense. The top yeah. teams in the NFC. That's are all what would worry me about about Peyton Manning is you know if he goes against the Carolina, San Francisco, Seattle in tough weather, mm-hmm. I don't see him coming out on I, on the winning side. Of I that. guess I valued his diagnosis. Two weeks to prepare pretty, pretty high. for a Super Bowl yeah. type deal. I mean, they're yeah. gonna, they're gonna, and they can run the ball well enough to. Gonna have to, to mummy wrap them before that game. Up, yeah. Number two, Nick Foles. Read it and we. You didn't. I did it. Down the stretch, you, you have are to. Nick Foles. Well, look at the way he's playing. I mean, I've been waiting for him to screw up, and he hasn't done it. Yeah. And against a, a going into that game, what was a decent Cardinals defense? That's a good defense that yeah. has played well this year, and he just shredded him, man. He's he's he has made mistakes. More. I do too. System but, guy. But right now. I can say system guy. For right now. If we're looking at right now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he's, I, you almost could make an argument for him being the best right now because he, he's not screwing up and he's not losing. Um, just the quality of quarterback play and kind yeah. of the awareness. He's been amazing. And he's making, he's throwing good deep ball too. Really nice throws. Stands tall in the pocket. Really nice he's accurate. Throws. But I just, you know, going down the stretch, if that, you know, if we're looking playoffs, I know, yeah. you know, we're looking right now, and he right. is just playing unbelievable. I, I, I took it more as just the position, nothing else Stat wise. Yeah. 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 So he's playing awesome. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, I really, for a guy that didn't even play that well in college, you know, I mean, he played okay. Come out of Arizona. Yeah. yeah. It was like a second round pick. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, kudos to Nick. Yeah. 19 touchdowns, zero interceptions. I got Russell three. Um, probably you could move. Him and Peyton anywhere, I think, in the top three or four and, and justify it. But um, he's unbeatable at home, pretty much unflappable. When he does make mistakes, he's got a short memory, and he doesn't make them very often. Um, really mobile, a guy that can do a lot on the run, and he's, you know, he's been able to get his team to win and do a lot without his best wide, wide receivers on the field. So. Yeah, Harvin wasn't even there last no. night, shocker. He suffered a setback. Yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Who do you got three? Uh, that was three. Russell's okay. three. Who do you got four? Drew. Drew Brees. I got Drew four. Um, those guys are kind of. I like. I. I think Russell's like a younger version of Drew, a younger, more athletic version of yeah, Drew. Yeah, very similar. Um, but they play a similar style, kind of really heady, heady quarterbacks. Um, that can get the ball down the field and also really make you look stupid with checkdowns and screens. Check on Charlie. Yeah, check on Charlie. And then I got Tom five. Okay. Tom, far down. I mean, it's we're talking five. I'm just thinking physical tools. Like if you yeah. if you put all these guys on the same team, right? Give them all the same tools. This is the order right now, as of this week, that I think they would be most successful. Deal. Want to do power seven? Yeah. Okay. Number one team in the universe. I'll go. The Minnesota Vikings. I think we're probably by, both going to have Seattle by a landslide. You, what yeah. do you say? Okay, I think we've said it. They're unbeatable at home. You're going to have to go there. It's frightening. Richard Sherman. What? Okay, can I ask this? Let's yes. make it more interesting. Yes, ask me. Um, Rub it in. So the NFC is going through Seattle. Let's just right. let's assume that. Right. What odds do you give Seattle of making the Super Bowl? It depends on who they're playing. I don't care who goes there. I, care, I think Carolina is going to run. But, but Carolina is the one. We've seen San Francisco go there. <laughs> Fail. Right. We've seen it's been sixty-six to ten between the Saints and the 49ers right. going to Seattle. Uh-huh. So Carolina's just the one we haven't seen get their ass kicked yet. I think the, So they're obviously the one we go to and say, well, Carolina that's only because we haven't seen it yet. I think their defense is a step above 
um, San Francisco's, and maybe even a, and a step above Seattle's right I now. I, I don't think so. Are they, are they the top defense in football, I think, right? Mm. Seattle's got the second, I they said last night. I think points-wise, San Francisco might actually. San Francisco and Carolina are right there. Seattle's up there. And Seattle's second in points per game heading into last night. I don't okay. know who number, hey, can number one was. For us? I, I assumed it was Carolina. But I think San Francisco's defense with Alden Smith back, mm-hmm. Seattle's defense, even... I mean, look what they did to the Saints, seven points. But, okay, was Alden back for the Seahawks game? No. So they were kind of... Give them a little bit of a uh, pass there, at a least the Niners, game. because yeah. that's Still, a big part 29 of 29-3 that. that game. Yeah. I mean, Seattle... The defense score? Uh, Seattle's first in yards, Carolina's second. And in points, Carolina's first and Seattle is second. And where is San Francisco on that? Third in points. And... Fifth in the yards. So we're looking at the top three defenses yeah. right there. Um, I just I think that there is enough talent on Carolina's defensive side of the ball, especially in their linebackers, that they would because they they beat the Niners. What would you say, twenty nine to what? Seattle beat. Uh, are you talking Carolina? No, Seattle. Seattle, Seattle beat San Francisco twenty nine to three and beat uh, New Orleans thirty four to seven. We're all of because we saw Seattle score at least seven defensive points last night, right? Yeah, but that was it. I mean, they could have scored as many as they wanted, right? Thirty four. Yeah. I mean, they. I just figured, you know, let's not attach too much value to. Could they have scored forty one right, right. to seven over? Yeah. I mean, it was a blowout. They they routed two of the best teams in you know in football, mm-hmm. and Carolina you know has yet to play New Orleans this year. They played twice down the stretch, and that'll be really beat San Fran by one point. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think Carolina, I've got San Francisco second. I'll make a comment on Carolina. They're my third team. Great defense. They've got Cam, but I don't trust their weapons on the outside. And I, I put San Francisco above them at number two because I think they're the same team, basically. Great defense, just like Carolina. Mm-hmm. Kaepernick rather than Cam, but Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore, and Quan Bolden is greater than Steve Smith, D'Angelo Williams, and yeah. So I'll take San Francisco number two with Alden back and that defense getting healthy. Carolina three. Uh, how far do we get on you? Let's go to number two for you. Number two. Uh, number two. I got. I got Broncos. Yeah. Um, that was a a good win over Kansas City. They showed a lot of poise. I think on both sides of the ball. They dug Beat themselves a big now. hole and came back and got back on top. And their defense held when it had to. So I, yeah, I I think. You'd be hard pressed not to put them at least in the top three. They may be kind of. I think everyone's kind of getting the feeling that they they have a good idea of what Denver's going to do, and if if Peyton Manning's outdoors, that he's not going to play well. Yeah. But he kind of. I think he kind of turned a corner on that playing in Kansas City. Keep um, in mind it was forty degrees. So, I mean, it's not that yeah. cold. Cold for Tom Bahali, Justin Houston aren't there? The two best pass rushers on the team. Yeah. Um, and they only went by a touchdown. I mean, they, they put up 35 points, you're right, but yeah. it, but in it still tough, wasn't... In a tough place to play. I but mean, it that's still really wasn't 10 below or right. 0 degrees in... I don't think you're going to see 10 below, though, for a Super Bowl on the East Coast. New York, I mean, the pro- the predict, you know, the projection right now is for snowstorms and for 0 degrees. I mean, that's a lot different than, than 40 degrees in Kansas yeah. City. It's also, I mean, two months away. It could, just could saying, be sunny in 30. I doubt New York in January, though. I'm just saying, it's a lot of conjecture. But, they told me it was going to snow six inches last night. Well, and we look are, at the we are getting stuck. We got a nice dusting. There's nothing out there. If it's there's any rain. dusting, it's, Peyton Manning is screwed. I'll Peyton Manning much. hates snow. Oh, I don't yeah, know. he does. But yeah, I, I got him second. Just, I mean, they're on pace to be one of the best scoring offenses in all time. You got in the league. Carolina three. Carolina just like three. I do. Yep. All right. Uh, 
New England, I've got four. Same old story. Tom is really good. I think he's going to be better than Peyton in December. Um, Gronk is also very good. Yeah. I've got the Broncos fifth. I just think they're predicated too much on passing rhythm, offensive success. The offensive line is not good. You know, Peyton Manning gets the ball out fast, but as things get muddier, slow down in the playoffs, again, I'm going to keep saying it, they're going to have to protect longer. New Orleans is sixth. I just have kind of an icky feeling about them. Like, mm-hmm. they're not quite enough on offense and that was on defense. A, that was like an aggressive ass-kicking. Too. Yeah, it was. It, but everyone gets deer in the headlights there. And then Kansas City, I'm finally backing off. I don't think they have the offense at seven. So we've got an interesting dichotomy. I've got San Francisco at two. Mm-hmm. You've got them at seven. Yeah. I don't think you can tell me there's six better teams than San Francisco right now. They just haven't played any, they haven't beat any good teams. They beat Green Bay with Rodgers. That was the first week of the season. Yeah. But that other than that, Rodgers I mean, team that was five any, two. You're, I mean, you're right. They've lost to New Orleans but at New Orleans yeah. by three. They've shied. I, I with just, a questionable call yeah. determining the game. Yeah. To Carolina by one. Mm-hmm. And without those two, they're on an eight game winning streak right now. Yeah, um, I mean, and then they lost at Seattle into the Colts. I mean, you're right. You're right. The resume does say that. I'm just trying to project. I need them to, for me to like put them higher than seven. I need them to win a, a, a kind of a, a marquee game or like a big matchup. I, I'm not worried about a team. This is my take that they, that's been to the NFC title and to the Super Bowl the last two years. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about them winning a big game now, because they've won the big games. I don't right. think pressure you, wise. It's you're not concerned about them. having them go on the road. Throughout the playoffs, assuming you're the wild card? No. I think that they're as talented as any team except Seattle. I don't really think it matters where they play. I think this team is more Super Bowl-focused, right. considered the last two years of where they've been. And I think getting Crabtree back, I mean, not a lot of teams are adding a number one receiver and the best pass rusher in the game mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. And, and Kaepernick is just different when Crabtree's out there, just a totally different quarterback. So I think personnel-wise, they've got, like we saw, a top three defense mm-hmm. and you're going to need to run the ball and stop the run in the playoffs. And I, that's, I mean, I see them as just behind Seattle in terms of being able to do that. I mean, I guess I'd, ha- like I said, I just want to see them win a big game. That's fair enough. Before I mean, this up. year they're, they're eight and four and their four losses are against good teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, not, didn't really get their butts kicked too badly other than that Seattle game. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, it may, all the NFC talk may be moot because, Who's gonna go into Seattle? I know. I just can't. I can't think of it. Um, so I've got where I got Kansas City four and okay. then New England five. Um, Saints, Tom, six. Saints, and the Niners to round it out. I wanna. I wanna pick on you about Kansas City four. Okay. Um, we've been trying to sort of hang with them. Yeah. Throughout the season, I think we both like their defense, kind of like the roster, and mm-hmm. think Alex Smith is a good keeper of the realm. Yeah. Um, but I'm jumping off a little bit, putting them down at seven. How come you? holding with their stock a little bit. Two of their three losses are by a touchdown to arguably the best offense in football. Denver, yeah. And one bad, one bad, very close loss against San Diego, right? Kind of sandwiched around the Denver games. Yeah. I mean, other than that, they played really well. And they almost beat San Diego. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, um, I think it was really telling, like you said, as, as big of a win as that was for Denver, it was a very important loss for Kansas City because... And they hung with the Broncos and, at the end, had a chance to win. Nothing? I got nothing. There. You got nothing? No. They had a chance. I'm, I mean... I'm trying to scroll down on this computer They could really... I, I think they could really... Um, depending on depending on where they end up playing in the playoffs, they could make some noise. They remind me a lot of, kind of, of um, Carolina on, on the other side of the conference fence. Okay, so legit Super Bowl contender. Just give me a yes or no. 
Okay, Seattle. Yes, San Francisco. I'm not sold. Okay, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, what's okay? So, but what's legit? I guess we should clarify that. Because I mean, I could say yes, but everybody. Okay, anybody everybody's... but Seattle in the NFC. Right now? Yeah. No. Okay. So, question is, can any of these teams beat Seattle? Uh, not New in England, Seattle, I don't think. Denver or Kansas City? On neutral, on a in neutral field. Who do I think has the best chance? Or can, can any of them? New England, yeah, Denver, I think so. Kansas yeah, City? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're not playing in Seattle. See, I mean, Seattle may be yeah, you're good right on the road, that. but it's not the same thing. That place is, I've been there. It's horrifying. It is horrifying. It's there's really like a, horrifying. There's like an actual, like, Tension and fear in the and air. And it's like foggy and it rains all the time. It's just soul sucking. And they and they just wear those like kind of flashy, scary uniforms, and they're like eight deep on the defensive line. It's just yeah. it's frightening. Yeah. Um, so imagine it's like what I imagine going to into like LSU for a night game where everyone's hammered and you're in the bayou and it's just like spooky. Hey boy. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it, it's terrifying. Um, but out put them on the road. You know, put them in really because Seattle doesn't get that cold either. I mean, winter temperatures in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, but they're built for, I mean, none of these guys are actually from where they play. But, I mean, if, if they played New England, say, on the East Coast, where New England's, that's the weather they deal with. I'm saying know, in the Super Bowl, because we won't have to see Seattle go to New England. Yeah, no, but they're playing on the East Coast. Right. The Super Bowl. But it's not weather, in New England. Weather in New York is more similar to weather in New England than weather in Seattle. Yeah, but what, what advantage is that for New England? I they're mean, more, they're used to playing in colder temperatures because you're saying zero degrees. The difference but, between but, thirty I mean, and zero. These guys are recruited from all the south, the north, the east, the west. I mean, does it really give me an advantage that I grew up in Wisconsin and live in Minnesota? They it's just, still frickin' cold. They just cold. haven't played. No, no, no. That's that's. But we're talking. Like, so these guys have. I mean, growing up, they've all played in different elements. I think that's overrated. I think who's designed more to play in the elements? Seattle is designed more than New England. I think. But here's the thing. When is the last time Seattle played a game in zero degree temperatures? Any of these guys. I mean, we'd have to look. It's we'd been years. I mean, you, we don't you know forget, that for sure, though. But you get, but let's just, I can't think of. I mean, they played, it wasn't zero degree temperature. They went to Washington last year in horrible conditions. Right. RG3 tore his knee up and they dominated that right. 24 to 14. I just, I think that there are things that you deal with more regularly playing in that kind of weather, you know, week to week that you're just more ready to deal with. Unless, because they can't really simulate those kinds of conditions in Seattle as they're preparing for the Super Bowl, whereas New England can just, hey, let's go outside. It's, you know, well, eight there, degrees There's two different. weeks before the Super Bowl. They'll both be there. And I just two weeks versus a whole season? But do you really think, I mean, the whole, it's, I, it's I, just getting cold now. So you think two home games, let's say, for the rest of the year is going to be that much added preparation of every practice? Every practice, yeah. Right, but it's not like these guys haven't practiced outside or in the but elements before. But it's been before. the last and time. Then, well, well, hold on. Answer me this. I, okay. I'll, I'll take your point that, okay, they Riddle get, me this. They, they get a walk outside and it's cold. Yeah. I, I don't think that does anything to your blood. I'm still cold when I walk to my car. I'll tell you that much. I don't think I do it much more efficiently than someone in California. I don't think but, you spend very much time outside, though. I try not to in this weather. Um, Seattle, you're going to run the ball, right? They're right. number one in rushing. They're okay. number two against. Okay. Or number three against the rush. I okay, think. that's what's important. Not I'm, I'm used to it being ten degrees. I'm not concerned about them running the ball. I'm concerned about the impact it's going to have on their wide receivers and their quarterback. But I'm namely the wide receivers. But what I'm telling, what I'm saying, catching the ball is that that game is going to be determined by who runs and who stops the run. You really Which think so? Which team is built to do that? So if you think, but I see, I I think that you're never going to see New England come out and pound the ball. 40 times a game. And they just don't do that. Well, they've done that over the over the past few years with Ridley. Um, I mean, against the Broncos, they, you know, they, they, they 
ran pretty effectively, and even mm-hmm. last year Ridley, I think, had 150 yards against them. But I don't think they can push around a team like Seattle. I don't think that – I think New England is better prepared, as we saw against Denver, to come out and throw the ball in weather conditions where other teams struggle because they're used to it. Bottom yeah, line. They have to do the short rhythm passing yeah. game. And they're, but they've done it. They know it. They know how to do it much more effectively than a team like Seattle who the last time, okay, even if, even if it was eight months ago, ten months ago, they're not, they don't have the, the advantage of every week going out in the wind and the snow and being like, okay, let's work on this. Let's work on that. Whereas New England is, you know, they've done it year after year after, and Tom Brady's done it his entire career in New England. Came from Michigan. Yeah. Too. I mean, he's, he's a cold weather guy and we've seen him play really well. In cold weather, and my concern would be for Seattle that maybe maybe not Russell Wilson struggling as much, but those wide receivers in zero degrees and snow and a slick ball, and the ball's much harder and it's cold. They're probably less apt to play well than New England's wideouts. I would also say Tom Brady's probably less apt to play well than a guy 15 years his junior. Yeah. But in, in the snow, in the snow, everything that, goes out the window. But I'm saying that's exactly it. We've yeah. seen Brett Favre, old man quarterback, cold syndrome. Peyton yeah. Manning. I think Tom Brady could be kind of the same way when that rush starts smashing him. He hasn't been yet. What do you mean he hasn't been yet? He they haven't won the Super Bowl since. No, but he hasn't been in cold weather. I mean, he hasn't been that guy yet. He comes out and plays well in the cold, pretty much indiscriminately. Yeah, I mean that's why I put Tom as my number one guy right now. Okay. I'm I'm just saying I think that the I, I just the think guy lives here he's on the, immune to cold on the East Coast it's kind of an overrated argument. Well, I I I disagree. I mean, we live here. We don't have any special abilities. I no, but you say if you and I okay here's here's a good example. You and I go out um, two times a week when it's snowy and ten degrees or less, and we play catch that you know that many times a week, and Somebody from Seattle or somebody who lives where it only gets down to, I mean, really, it, in the winter, you're looking at 40 degree temperatures, rarely gets cold freezing. Moderate climate. And almost never snows. It was kind of like when I was in Mexico and it was 65 degrees and I was shirtless and there was a guy with a coat on. Yeah. Cause it's from. exactly the same thing. Uh, or like when I think over the course of a three hour, four hour football think, game when you've got 53 yeah. athletes competing. But it's, I mean, four mistakes. Three. You could make three mistakes to yeah. start the game and that could bury you. I, I just think Richard that... Richard Sherman out there huffing and puffing. Yeah, he's... Press a, coverage. Yeah, he's huffing Adderall and puffing... I, I don't like... I mean, I'm not a Seattle fan. It's not like yeah. I'm trying to make the case for them out of right. my own bias. I'm a San Francisco fan. Mm-hmm. I don't like it, but I think they're the best team and... I think... Oh, I definitely think they, they are, scare me. I think... I thought the question was if anyone had yeah. a chance. Yeah, And I, mean, I think they, New England would have a chance in those conditions. I, I just think we're having to talk ourselves into almost anyone, at least I am, beating Seattle. Like, it's a, it's a stretch for me. Well, right I can't... Because, I mean... Do you feel the same way? Is it kind of a stretch I'm, I'm, for you? I'm trying, yeah. I mean, I would favor Seattle in that matchup, but at the same time, everybody favored the Patriots to beat the Giants in the Super Bowl when they hadn't lost a game, and yeah. lo and behold, Eli... That's the other thing I was thinking is, you know, uh, you know, the Giants, over the last two Super Bowl runs they had were 9-7, and 10-6. Baltimore last year looked like maybe the worst team entering the field. Which one of these teams, if any, has some surprise potential? Maybe not even in the in the top seven, just a team that maybe could go on a run to you. Maybe, I guess you'd have to like look at either someone from the NFC East or the NFC North. Um, whoever ends up winning either of those two divisions. Like, could the Cowboys or Eagles offensively get hot enough to go on a run through the playoffs? I think the Eagles, I mean, if Nick Foles just doesn't throw interceptions. Carson Palmer? Cardinals? Probably not. No, I don't think so. They're not going to play anywhere outdoors. Here's my one wild well. card. I was going to say the Colts, but I think they're too banged up. Uh, maybe the Bengals. Lots of talent. Yeah. 
If I almost put the Bengals in my top seven. I almost did. But I couldn't do it. Well, we've covered a lot of NFL, college football, Sarkeesian saga, hashtags. Yeah. Hashtag traitor. Hashtag dog pound. Hashtag Trojan condoms. Let's... I'm almost done. I think I'm out of material. Yeah. Do you have anything more that you want to wrap up with? Otherwise, I want to talk about what I'm thankful for. Yeah, talk about, let's do that. That sounds fun. Okay, because I didn't really... Uh, you know, we didn't get to talk about it beforehand. No. It's just fun to, to do around this time of year. Yeah. I'm thankful for the day in sports. Yeah. Uh, ben Sherman, Eric Lejeune, Chocolate Sunset, sometimes known as Chocolate Salsa. That's his screen name. Chocolate Underwear. Uh, my wife, my family, Silas, about five months old now, doesn't sleep anymore, doesn't really fit in the old bed that we were trying to make him sleep in, so now it's like this weird crib in between stage. That's a nightmare. Not getting a lot of sleep. My cat, my dog, and NFL football. Yeah. Who'd I leave out? My agent? Um, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What God. are you thankful for? I'm also thankful for... Michelob Golden Light. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm thankful to be able to record myself speaking about nonsense. At each other's faces. And people somewhere listen to it. Yeah, they do. So that's cool. Bunch of crazies. I'm thankful for uh, my soon-to-be future wife. Yeah. Um, and my parents and my, my sister and her kids. And, um, yeah, just healthy. Thankful that everyone in my life is healthy and, and relatively happy. Coffee. I'm thankful for coffee. Most days I am. What would I do in the mornings? I don't know. What would I do to, to force my morning constitutional? Yeah, raisin bread yeah. is the only other alternative or to that. Or X-lax. Eric, anything you want to add? Eric is not thankful for anything. Yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, it's a thankless position. It is a thankless job. Yeah. He's got to edit. Yeah. We see his words all day, and yet we don't even know. I'm thankful for Eric. I think we all are. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that'll wrap it up on the Day in Sports podcast. Wrap it hard. Wrap it before you pack it, and then package it, and then deliver it on Facebook, and hopefully you listen to the podcast, a nice little pre-Christmas, post-Thanksgiving edition, NFL, college football. Thanks for checking it out.